coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed on Movies. I'm Teddy. And I am Matt. And we're here this week to bring you a whole grab bag of movies we've been seeing recently. Uh, we're kind of in the weird February time for the movie theater, so it's been a strange one. Right. It's definitely March, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's March now, okay? <laughs> we saw all these movies in February. It's, um, yeah, we promised that we would get to Birds of Prey, so never fear. That's going to be at the top of the night. Um, we've also got The Lodge, Blumhouse uh, Fantasy Island, and Brahms The Boy 2 to discuss tonight. I think it's Blumhouse's Fantasy Island. Oh, is it Blumhouse's? Either yeah, I way. Think it's, I think it belongs. I think Fantasy Island belongs to Blumhouse. It's oh, they not, bought it out now. They yeah. bought it out. They own the island. Um, well, somebody has to own the island. They have someone, to satisfy the the weird rock that needs fantasies to be fulfilled. Yes, someone has to wear the ring and uh, conduct all the fantasies of everyone who comes there. Um, so yeah, we've got there's some strange movies in there. This is sort of like it's literally four strange. Well, <laughs> Birds of Prey might not be super strange. It's three strange movies and a movie that's not super strange. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mostly horror. You know, this is this is the time for weird horror movies. Um, it's been kind of fun. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but um, so you you probably noticed the, the the title of this episode is a little strange. But uh, if you'll piece together all the the letters of these uh, titles, you'll find that it makes quite a bit of sense. Actually, that you just sounded like Jigsaw. <laughs> you will find. It makes quite a bit of sense. <laughs> you will find the answer to the title of this podcast is Over the Rainbow. Over the Rainbow. <laughs> so, um, why don't we kick it off with Birds of Prey? That one, uh, it's been a little while since I've seen this one now. Um, yeah, me too. Let's, let's, do a, let's do a 15 minute for Birds of Prey. 15 minutes sounds great. All right, and go. So, um, Birds of Prey, uh, highly anticipated for a while because um, it's a follow-up to Suicide Squad, in a sense, because we've got uh, Harley Quinn returning. Um, we've got no Jared Leto Joker in this movie. Uh, <laughs> Press F to pay respects. <laughs> have some Fs in the chat for uh, Jared Leto. He's, um. uh, not having a good time. <laughs> um so but this is this is more of a harley quinn standalone movie she's uh she's just broken up with the joker and she's me off and on mr her j own. broke up yeah see <laughs> uh she, so she's going off on her own and um her whole thing is uh to try to establish herself as sort of a bounty hunter um and she runs in uh so, a bit of trouble with uh, Roman Cyanus, a.k.a. Black Mask. She does run into some trouble. It's mostly because she gets herself into trouble. Yeah. She's she a gets mess. herself into a lot of trouble <laughs> in this movie. And and that was one of the running gags of this movie is like she'll run into someone on the street and it'll like freeze frame and say like why they're mad at her. 
I yes. thought that was really funny. Those were really very good. comic booky. Um, I just I liked the overall tone of this movie a lot. It was just, yeah, it was, it was great. Fun, it was it was the t- it was sort of the tone that Suicide Squad said it was going to be from the trailers, and then the exact tone Suicide Squad said it wasn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Suicide Squad ended up being like pretty dour and weird. Yeah. Um, this one actually ran with like the fun neon surreal Gotham, and it worked. Yeah, it tried to take Suicide Squad tried to take itself too seriously. I think this yeah. one is uh, like it hits the tone pretty clearly. I love the um, there's that shootout scene with like the confetti uh, oh, yeah. bullets that uh, that is crazy. That was That's a really lot of fun. fun. There's a lot of fun with Harley Quinn's fight scenes like she I mean, she gets to like kick a lot of ass. She does that really well. And she's taken down men and women. That's nice. A lot of times women in these action movies just fight other women nice to see you know her actually just like holding her own with everyone um yeah and and it's really fun when they make it like hyper not real like like you said the confetti guns and stuff like that they're a blast Um, there's like her like riding behind the limo on roller skates like sketching alongside like oh it really fits like just like what harley quinn's character should be i think um i think they really nailed that character which is mm-hmm. not something the DCEU has been able to do with most of its characters for a while. So it's yeah. nice that they actually got it right here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Margot Robbie absolutely does an amazing job. I yeah. Think. I mean, that's uh, like, they could have written like a shitty ass movie and Margot Robbie probably would have done really well, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They, they lucked out on the casting there. Uh, she does. She does a good job. She's very funny. Yeah. She's um, great. The yeah, whole cast of this really, I loved all of the, the leads in this movie. Yeah, I would. Say. I, I mean, I mean um, yeah, there were a lot of a lot of good uh, performances. I, uh, Ewan McGregor was really entertaining. Uh, his character was like so completely unhinged. Um, oh yeah, but not in like an edgy, uh, Jared Little Joker type way, <laughs> but like a genuine like you could yeah, see not, this guy. Not like, a, actually... I like that you felt the need to clarify that it wasn't a Jared Leto Joker type way <laughs> because we've been burned by his version of unhinged. Oh, this character so unhinged, man. It, yeah, he doesn't have face tattoos, which is like your first like, okay. Um, no, he just seems like a like jerky, spoiled mob boss that you like could conceivably exist in real life. Yeah, it's not really anything that I think resembles like Black Mask at all realistically but that's fine it was still fun to watch um <laughs> like just having like grown up reading the comics i was like well black mask is like usually a little more serious in all of this but that's fine um yeah. For my uh, limited familiarity with the character i was <laughs> like, well, he's he's usually like yeah more serious and it was but... like very much not like his like right hand man was was zaz that's like not that's oh not yeah zaz at all um, no that was a very different zaz like zaz in this seems like mostly kind of normal if like a little he's got like this normal he's like in love with black yeah, exactly like, <laughs> like that other than that the feeling part, i think is mutual i think it's yeah. like there's like shared affection there um he's got like a weird <laughs> mr winton mr kid vibe from uh Diamond <laughs> going on here um which i thought was cool i wish the movie had like let them i mean it was clear that the actors were playing it a certain way and they could not fully actualize it i wish the movie had let them um yeah but like um it was still like a good like the dynamic between them was a lot of fun to watch and really... yeah it, it's good subtext still i think um yeah, yeah absolutely. It, but yeah but like miss uh zaz usually has like a much more of a serial killer vibe for, 
Um, that is what Zaz is. Zaz is a serial killer. <laughs> he's more of like a mob enforcer in this one. Yes. Um, Zaz not... usually gets played in like when Batman takes a more like horror route to oh, the yeah. stories. Like, and yeah. so like to see him being played as like, I mean, it's not super comedic. He is literally like cutting off faces, but like <laughs> it is played for laughs a lot of the time. And so like he's played like light and like, I mean, there's a lot of death in this movie and a lot of it is played for laughs. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it does fit the overall tone of the movie because like even though there is stuff that would probably be pretty scary or um, like violent in a different movie is sort of played for laughs here. Like, I mean, spoiler alert, but uh, the Black Mask like literally explodes at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's that was fucking <laughs> hilarious he just like blows into bits like <laughs> uh yeah yeah and it's and it's like mostly comical when it happens it's not it's like definitely oh meant God. to be comical <laughs> yeah it's good yeah there's there's a lot of good comic violence in this uh the scene the scene towards the end where um they're fighting in like an abandoned fun house is incredible yeah really uh, fun of course, we had to have an abandoned fun house in this movie. Uh, it's very fitting. Yeah, what, what else would you have? <laughs> always love, always love an abandoned fun house. Um, but yeah, like I just I thought that like they really nailed the tone. They really nailed like the visual look of it. I thought it was so cool. It was so bright so and good. colorful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just really cool. Very fun, entertaining movie. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. I think. Um, one of my favorite things about it was how relatable the plot, like the subplot of Harley just trying to eat her egg sandwich from the bodega. I gotta <laughs> say, this is like me every Saturday and Sunday hungover, like just trying to eat my fucking bodega sandwich. And like somebody interrupts me every time. So. It's so relatable too. You know, like when you get like really drunk and then you blow up a chemical factory, that's <laughs> it's it's very it feels real and then and then they come for you and they're like we found this thing that we know belongs to you at the chemical explosion it must have been you and you're like well damn it you know like we've all been there we've all left (laughs) evidence at the scene of a crime and this is what living in new york is like at least as far as i'm aware right yeah yeah this is it and i mean i know this movie takes place in quote-unquote gotham but let's be real it's fucking new york like it is portrayed like new york it looks like like everything about so. it is new york <laughs> i mean new york is called gotham so i guess that's not like ridiculous but right um yeah so the one the one thing i thought was a little lacking in this movie was i feel like somewhere between the second and third act it was like it really stalled it's like it, it, it took a long time to get to that big showdown scene at the end. That was my one. What my would you call like the second and third acts? Like what? Um... God, I'm well, just... now you're. <laughs> I know, I'm just here. I know I'm putting okay. you on the spot. Sorry. I'm just like trying to th- like it's been a while since I've seen this. I don't know. Like same. Same. <laughs> same. So like, trying to think back to it. Like I, I don't really remember around what time I was like, huh? Like, what are they doing here? But uh, yeah, it, it's some time before, uh, just like while they're getting the whole team together, I feel like like that kind of takes a while, and yeah. it's it's both like takes a while and also kind of underdeveloped. Like uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character is kind of like hastily introduced. Yeah, I I thought they could have done better with Huntress. I like 
Yeah, I I definitely agree with her. Hers was the least developed of the main team's characters. I wish they had done a little bit more there. Yeah. Um, but like overall, it, it works well, like the team that they put together. Um, most of them have pretty well developed backstories. Obviously, Harley Quinn, we know pretty well. Um, and yeah, yeah, it, it sets up that fight at the end pretty well. So yeah. Uh, it does, I liked it. yeah. Uh, this one was underperforming at the box office. Do we ever get any updates on how that went? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it definitely wasn't doing as well as I think it should have done, uh, which is a bummer. So let's see. Uh, right now it has it's sitting at about 189 million. Um, still not like great, but that's you know close to double. It's not a bomb, but yeah, yeah. it's it, it's doing making okay money. Um, yeah. I would say a sequel is not guaranteed with only that amount of money. But, yeah, probably yeah. not. Um, I'd say that's worth- a shame because this is one of the better. I mean, we're gonna get the Suicide Squad, so like, it's a bummer <laughs> that we're getting that sequel and not a sequel to Har- the Harley Quinn movie. So, how strange is it that we've got a sequel coming out to Suicide Squad called The Suicide Squad? It's bad. That's how strange <laughs> it is. Um, that's like when they did Final Destination 3 followed by The Final Destination followed by Final Destination 5. Um, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, what, what other examples of that do we have? Jigsaw uh, in the Saw series. That was bad. But Jigsaw <laughs> was like a not really a sequel. It was like a spinoff. Let's let's not even go down the the, the road of trying to define what. Yeah, Jigsaw just go was. listen to the episode. It's, um. <laughs> it's weird the way it fits in, but you know, it's the title was strange, definitely. Yeah, and um, yeah, just or or how about how about f- the Fast and the Furious sequel just being called Fast and Furious? That's true. There is that. <laughs> What about Friday the 13th part four, the final Friday? And there are like six other Fridays that come after that. Um, (laughs) Plus the remake. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then the new Halloween, the most recent Halloween movie was just called Halloween. Halloween. Even though it was a sequel to the original Halloween and bypassed all the other sequels. Are we gonna get then? Uh, yeah, so the Halloween sequel is officially like the official sequel to Halloween is just called Halloween. You get Halloween followed by Halloween. That makes yeah. sense. Um, but then don't worry, you get Halloween Kills next, um, yeah. which is a sensible title. So of course, makes total sense. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of weird naming, but Suicide Squad followed by the Suicide Squad is pretty egregious. I would say that's yeah, pretty bad. Speaking of strange titles, the the title of this movie, uh, "Birds of Prey: The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn," um, was so weird that apparently they thought that that might have been part of the problem why people weren't going to see it. So partway through the release, they changed the name to Harley Quinn: Birds of Prey. I honestly. <laughs> I don't know how much a title ever... I I just don't know how much of a role a title ever plays in whether or not somebody sees a movie. Like, it's really just about, like, is it related to a property that they know and have they seen a trailer that they liked? Right. I I think that's the big thing. I don't... 
because I think most people would just call this, oh, even if whatever it's called, nobody cares, they would just say, are you seeing the Harley Quinn movie? That's like right. what people say. The one thing I can think of is like if you show up at the movie theater and they just have it titled like Birds of Prey, uh, but, people might not know that it's a Harley Quinn movie. That's true, but... I guess my rebuttal is how many people nowadays in 2020 go to a movie and don't know exactly what they're going to see. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't worked in the movie theater for a little while, but I can tell you that as of 2012, lots of people are still doing that. <laughs> I mean, you had I had like old people who would come in on like a weekday morning and just pick a movie. Um, but like those people aren't going to see the Harley Quinn movie anyway. Yeah, but so. I feel it's, it's the, like old people are definitely the most common to just show up at a theater and see whatever. But I've definitely run into like people of all ages and all types. I mean, yes, because I like, do that. I oh, show up at a showing? movie theater and just pick a ticket. Like I, I do that sometimes. But like I also, well, you actually know what's playing. I know what's playing. Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and if That's I the big difference, if I look at a screen, I know what each movie listed is, even if I didn't look up in advance what's playing. Like <laughs> I could see a title and be like, I know what that is. Um, but. I just can't, I don't know. Like I, when I worked the last, I was working at a movie theater was in what? 2017. People, there just weren't a lot of people showing up and asking me what certain movies were yeah. is all I'm going to say. Um, and I don't know. That's like crazy. Like, even if they did, if somebody asked, I would say Birds of Prey is the Harley Quinn movie that is a sequel to Suicide. I mean, I would tell them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. um, so I don't know if that's just like people didn't want to see this movie or if the trailer didn't excite them. I have trouble believing people saw the trailer and didn't want to see it. I thought the trailer was great. But, yeah, um, it looked fun from the trailer and looked exciting. Uh, and drink. Uh, but yeah, um, I think that that about does it. I wanted to also shout out like the animated sequences in this movie, oh, as yeah. well as like the couple of like weird dream sequences that took place. There's just yes. a lot of fun, surreal, out of the box stuff that takes place in this movie. It's really fun. I like that. All right, um, the lodge. Then let's the lodge. let's dig into that. Let's uh, do it. Why not? Yeah. So this one. First of all, uh, at the top of this, let's just put a spoiler alert for everything because it's, it's hard kinda, to talk about it. Yeah, it's one of those movies. It's very hard to talk about without giving the whole game away. Um, so if you're at all interested in seeing The Lodge or um, if you like horror movies, I'd recommend checking it out and uh, go see a trailer and see if you it's something that you like. Otherwise, we're going to spoil the whole thing right here. We sure are. So, <laughs> Um, so when I saw the trailer for the lodge, I like really didn't have much of a sense of what was going to happen in this movie. I think that's but intentional. It's just, it's sort of like, Oh, it takes place in like a cabin that's kind of remote and it's in winter. And there's, uh, like, a, a woman and two kids and there's weird stuff that's happening. Basically. <laughs> that's all you can really tell from the trailer. I mean, that's like fair. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and a large part of the movie is that, but um, 
the explanation for why things are happening is interesting. Um, so the the woman in there, uh, the woman in this movie is uh, set to marry this um, the dad of these two kids, yes. and they go out to this cabin, sort of like to get to know her. And he leaves to like go to work and he's going to come back later and just leaves them with her, which is kind of a weird setup, but uh, kind of a weird setup. It's fully (laughs) batshit. It's insanity. When you, we we're glossing over what has recently happened to these kids and the father. It's completely insane. Oh yeah. So, (laughs) so the kid's mom committed suicide because of the impending divorce. Yes. from the father and now in a like, very shocking scene like <laughs> oh yeah that totally came out of nowhere too had no like, i i i didn't know that alicia silverstone was in this movie and the next thing you know she's oh, yeah. not in this movie <laughs> <laughs> she's very much out of the movie quite quickly um, like it was really shocking and I mean, months pass. We're given like a title card. It's like what six months or whatever. It's like there's yeah. like a certain amount of time that passes. But still, you take your two children who have, within the past six months, have lost their mother to suicide at the dinner table, and like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and like, and leave her, leave them with the woman who like. I mean, they're old enough to know their mom killed herself over this other woman. Like, right. <laughs> like they know this, and they don't want to be left there with her. And he's just like, it'll be fine. What? Huh? <laughs> that's not okay. That's like yeah. <laughs> horrifying parenting. This is the it's best like... way to get to know your new mom is just like stranding you with her in the middle of the woods. At this cabin that is possibly in hell. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So um, the the new wife is like the survivor of a cult from her childhood. Yes. uh, Like a suicide cult. And the cult is like they it's very heaven's gatey. They show like lots of footage in there um, of like both the masses and then of like the actual suicide that really mirrors a lot from heaven's gate. Um, and I guess the dad was like writing a book about the cults and choose someone that he interviewed. Um, which is also weird. This dad is a weirdo. Like very strange, very strange, (laughs) big red flags all over the place here. The kids have seen some of his research materials on her and on the cult. So they're sort of familiar with the whole, uh, with her whole experience. Yes. And, and they're unfortunately, so- they're complete sociopaths. So. Yes, they yeah. are. And, and they're, they're <laughs> sort of wary of her for being from a cult and also for like replacing their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so like while they're at this cabin in the woods, they wake up one day and all the like all the food in the house is gone the water doesn't work the electricity doesn't work and like all their clothes and belongings are gone and God. they they slowly start developing the theory that they're all dead that they died in like some freak 
gas accident from the heater and um they're like they find newspaper clips to support this and (laughs) and uh (laughs) so they uh the kids start like calling on her to repent like they must all repent for their sins because apparently they're in purgatory and they'll be stuck there forever uh unless they repent and uh but it turns out that the kids (laughs) are actually like pulling a massive prank i guess prank is the worst word it's like it's more like hazing really it's it's like a hazing of the the new mom they're they like they hit all the stuff they created this newspaper clip and stuff and they uh the son like (laughs) faked his own hanging to to prove that they couldn't die uh (laughs) He also like killed a dog and like yeah <laughs> like... they killed her dog <laughs> they uh, went pretty far with this because like i said the kids are complete fucking sociopaths they are insane i can't blame them given that their father is a type who would leave children with the new mom after their old mom killed herself but like clear like they inherited psychopathy from someone is all I'm going to say. That man is crazy. But like the that son, the daughter's a little too young for me to like pass too much judgment on. That son is fully insane. Like yeah, he's definitely like a teenager. He's like he's obviously the ringleader of this it's the, thing. It's the kid from it. Like he's it's like the a kid from Stranger Things. What? Yeah. Oh wait, no, no, it's the other kid. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the other kid from it. Yes, yeah. Um, it's Not the kid from Knives, Knives, the one from Knives Out. The one yes. from Knives Out. So, you know, like he's of an age where he's like a real, like he's old enough to know better. Is I all, got, like I realized I got confused because Finn Wolfhard has been in another uh mediocre horror movie that came out this month. Okay. Oh, the turning. Yes. Um, well, in the I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the lodge. However, I'm a fan of the lodge up until the reveal that it's the kids doing it, um, <laughs> and like that's where I really decided I didn't like it. So, so you would like you would have liked it if it turned out they were actually in purgatory or whatever. I don't know. I just thought it was like sort of like the hokey. Like it. It didn't feel right. It. They had done nothing to sell to me that these kids were like capable of such immense cruelty. Like, yeah. Like I really did not buy that. Like I like maybe the son, because like, you know, when you're like a middle school, early high school age teenager, you're capable of a lot of cruelty that people don't really realize. Right. But like I felt like at a certain point the daughter would have like broken and said something, you know? Like she would have done some i i like it, it didn't make sense to me um, well, i think the dog was like the breaking point for her yeah um but yeah it it is there it is like a little beyond belief that the kids would do something like that but also like it's it's kind of easy to see the twist coming because like at first you're like there's no way that they're possibly like in purgatory this just has to be some sort of hoax. And I don't like, know. This... It would have been fun. I would have had fun with it. I watched. Well, I mean, 
spoiler hereditary like made the evil demon paymon real and i was like yeah let's do it yeah like, <laughs> well, and, and i mean they, they started they started selling it more and more and you're like okay like i can kind of see how like maybe this is possibly what happened and then they're like no it was actually a prank it's like oh, okay sure yeah that i figured that <laughs> i figured as much already i was already suspicious so um yeah you didn't really but yeah, I, I I thought it was fun. I thought it was like uh, the mood of it was cool. I thought like all the cult stuff was really neat. Um, but the yeah, mood it, is great. Like for a lot of the runtime, this is a very aesthetically effective film. It's creepy. I was like on edge for a lot of it. Um, it's just really I didn't like that ending. I don't know. I just it just didn't work for me. It did not. They did not. It did not earn like the twist of making the kids completely bad shit evil. Yeah, just didn't. Uh, and the one good thing though is that the the kids sort of get their comeuppance <laughs> from <Whoa>. this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah. So so the, the, the like basically after she after she is like fully like driven mad by this whole thing. And she's like gone out to try to hike to safety, but ended up accidentally hiking right back to the house and then finds her dog is dead. She just sort of cracks and it's like, she sure does. <laughs> it's like the cult programming, like snaps on or something. Yeah. Cause then she like fully buys in to the idea. Even when, like the kid just fully confesses to what they did and tells her that it was all fake. She's just like, we must repent, must repent. So then um, when the dad shows up, she kills him. And then in theory kills the kids as well. Uh, yeah. That's left a little, um, a little open at the end. Right. But yeah, um, that <sighs> sure didn't turn out good for them. It sure didn't. And like, I don't know, like, what was their, it's just like, what was their end goal? And why did they make their own lives so miserable in the process? Yeah, like, like they had to live without heat and water and food for all that yeah. time, too. I mean, I guess they had access to the food, like they knew where it was, but they had to eat it cold. They couldn't cook. So yeah. like, what were they doing? Eating cold black beans every night? <laughs> like what yeah like, I don't know. if you're gonna pull a prank on somebody there's better ways to do it like that don't I mean maybe if you're a 14 year old who's bitter about i mean saying bitter about the suicide of your mother like that's like a, <laughs> that's putting it a little lightly but you like probably be a little bitter about that yeah it but maybe you shouldn't be like it, it's psychotic not, about it <laughs> Like, and also be like, this woman is the problem and not be like, what about my father who cheated on my mother in the first place? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> with like his uh, interview subject. Hello. Like, <laughs> I know they're too young to understand that their father is clearly like quasi abusive at all times, like, <laughs> and like right. manipulating his power. But like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yep. Yep. It it's not a good look. No. Really. 
Um, but so I don't know, like it's an interesting film and I'm definitely glad I saw it and I'm glad it exists. And I think, uh, who directed it? Was it Veronica Franz? Um, it sounds it, right. Yeah. Veronica Franz. Um, I think she did a really great job with it. I just, they lost me a little at the end, but otherwise <laughs> I do think it's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's worth seeing. It's uh, it's, it's fun to see a, I mean, it's, it has ambition. It's like trying to be a movie with like a theme and a message. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So like <laughs> about like the way, like this woman is treated and stuff, you know, uh, it's trying to say something, whether or not it's effective for everyone might be a different story. I think I, that's about all I got for the lodge. So right. why don't we well, move on? Be clear, sorry, before we move away, I just do want to say that we haven't rightfully praised it. The lead actress is very, very good. Riley Cuff. Oh yeah. She's fantastic. She's amazing. She's really, really good. And she's, she's required to do like most of the heavy lifting in this movie. Yeah, she does. Uh, she carries this film in a lot of ways. So, um, because the other actors are intentionally kind of light, you know, um, because you're not supposed to know what they're feeling and thinking, <laughs> but right. she has to do a lot of it. A lot of it is not necessarily like, dialogue driven acting it's a lot of like facial stuff and she does really really well so yeah there's like long periods of silence in this movie that are like carried through looks and feelings and there's a lot of that there it's well done yeah so for our next trick let's talk about bloomhouse's fantasy island it's a totally different environment. It is like the exact opposite <laughs> geographic setup as from the lodge as it could be. Tropical island, a complete opposite tone. Like this one is all like over the top, crazy, um, like almost sort of wacky horror at times. It's is definitely wacky. <laughs> Good God! Uh, so if. If you're not familiar with the concept behind the original Fantasy Island TV show, you can be forgiven. Yeah. (laughs) From the (laughs) seventies, there was a revival like a couple decades ago. I don't know. Um, The seventies were a couple decades ago. Yeah. Well, they were more than a couple by now. I'm just saying there was was... two couples. It was two couple decades ago. (laughs) (laughs) Two whole couples. (laughs) Um, or I guess it was five, no, two and a half couples. Oh my God, it's 2020. Okay. Yeah, folks. Um. <laughs> we're 50 years out from the beginning of the 70s. All right. So that has been Buzzed on Chronology. And um, basically, yes. Yeah, so there was a, a revival of this as a TV series. It didn't do very well. Um, but the original was very well regarded, um, ran for quite a while. And the basic concept is like there's an island where you go and have like your wildest, whatever your wildest fantasy is fulfilled, but it's always kind of unexpected and doesn't turn out how you would, would have planned it. And the whole message is like, Oh, your fantasies don't always turn out how you want them to be careful what you wish for. Um, Yeah. Have you ever seen the original? I've seen like an episode. I really, I have not seen much of it. So, I grew up with a mom. I'm very fortunate in my my upbringing. My mom loved Fantasy Island. My mom loved shows like Fantasy Island, Dark Waters. This was like my mom's. Oh, I like, love Dark Waters. Yeah, yeah that, that was like my mom's wheelhouse. Anything like slightly supernatural and weird, that was my mom's. But not, not quite like actually horror. Although Dark Water could be classified as horror sometimes. Dark Shadows. Was, 
Dark Shadows. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking of that new. Um, yeah, the new the new Mark, movie. That new movie. Um, or that other movie starring what was it? Jennifer Gray Connelly, whatever. That like it was a it was a based on the a book by the same guy who wrote The Ring. Um, what? <laughs> there's a movie called like Dark Water. It came out in like 2000, like five or six, and it stars um jennifer i think it's it might be jennifer connelly it might i don't think it's jennifer love hewitt but, what on um, earth are you talking about no stop there's a movie called dark water <laughs> that's a horror movie that came out and it's it's the movie is based on a book by the same guy who wrote the book that inspired the ring and it also came out in that wave of like mid-2000s j-horror so anyway um <laughs> This has been buzzed on things with dark in the title. Um, <laughs> so anyway, dark shadows could be classified as horror, but like it's so hokey that like, no, it can't. Um, yeah. Like it just never worked because it was like filmed live. And so people would make mistakes and you just watch the mistakes. Like, yeah. like campy soap opera horror, which yeah. is actually a very interesting mood. Yes. Which, so that was what my mom was really into. So I grew up around a lot of fantasy Island <laughs> is all I'm saying. The way the idea is structured really fits a TV show more so than it is a movie. Yes, like absolutely. You, you follow an episode and like, you see like one or two people's fantasies play from start to finish and then it ends. There's not like really much of a big overarching plot. Um, but here, there kind of has to be because it's an actual movie, and also because they tried to turn it into a horror movie, which I don't really know why. Like, I feel like the just the fantasy element would have been fun enough on its own. There's like they keep trying to inject horror into the movie throughout, which I think is one of the biggest problems with it. Um, it doesn't really work. It's <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> and I was like, just like let's go away from that. Like I'm, I'm actually enjoying like the fantasy elements and like the Island and all that stuff. But then like every now and then they try to like inject horror and it's like, why, why it doesn't always have to be horror Blumhouse. Come on. Well, for Blumhouse, it does. Apparently. Yes. Apparently it, it is the brand. So it makes sense anyway. Um, so yeah, the, these, the group of people show up at the Island they sit multiple times in the movie. They say the plane, the plane, because that's from the original show. That's from so the original. It's a good callback. Um, and then they all they have their their fantasies lived out. Um, there's these two brothers. Their fantasy is to have it all. So they get like this big mansion where it, there's a party going twenty four seven and hot models there and all the alcohol and weed they could hope for and a big fancy pool where people are like riding that hover pack uh hover jet like water jet thing if you've uh, seen the trailer you've seen the moment you know <laughs> um <laughs> it's a big expensive shot of course they put in the trailer um but yeah so they they're doing that and um uh, then there's there's the girl who wants to get revenge on her um on like her high school bully and she gets she ends up in like a saw type scenario. <laughs> I got more hostile vibes from yeah, it. Yeah, oh hostile as well. We'll we'll get to that in a moment because that's a that's a key part of what I want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh there's a guy who wishes he like could have been there's a, a guy who wishes he could have enlisted. 
Yeah, like his whole thing was just he wanted to be in the army. Just go fucking enlist, my dude. He, he didn't, or he couldn't, and so he is. Uh, <laughs> he more sucks. on that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I, I, I'm already a cop, but I wish I could be more of a cop. Is that you like boot look looking <laughs> fuck? Like we get it. Like oh god, he um, literally is a cop. You're right. I didn't even really think about is, that. A he's a cop, and he's like, I wish I could also be in the army. What <laughs> you could have? <laughs> yeah. Um. And then there's a woman who wish like her fantasy was that she'd said yes to the guy who asked to marry her like 10 years ago. She is obviously she, the most sympathetic <laughs> and that she could have the life that she was supposed to have the have it all mansion guys. One is that exciting. Like a bunch of guys with guns show up because oh, apparently but, they're but Teddy, one lords. of them is a original queer film. <laughs> Finally, a gay character who oh, just yes. wants to smoke weed. <laughs> we do. We do. One of them is gay. And so when they show up, he's like, oh, like there's all the hot women models. And he's like, oh, but there's nothing here for me. And like, don't worry, we got you covered. And then there's like a bunch Actually, of hot, muscular guys. Like, don't worry. I told him my little bro was gay. <laughs> and they got a hot, bunch of hot, muscular guys like, oh, so you think just because I'm gay, I'm only into like just hot dudes all the time. And then they unveil like his own personal smoke den with just like tons of weed and like all sorts of different bongs and stuff. He's like, all right, now, we get, now we're talking. To be honest, a room with like hot guys and just like a bunch of weed is actually the gay agenda. So I'm like, <laughs> that's it folks. Look it up. <laughs> you heard it here first. It's coming. Um, so yeah, like a bunch of guys show up with guns and like it turns out they're in some drug lord's mansion and they like just start shooting everybody. Um, that's a real not the most like, I mean, yes, like that's a twist, but like it's not inherent to the idea of having it all. It's like, ah, but if the you have it all. The explanation is you usually got it the wrong way <laughs> or like, okay, well. Well, he maybe. also says. Uh, if you have it all, usually other people want what you have. I'm like, okay, sure. I'm not but, sure if that really makes sense, my dude. But we we've definitely got to talk. We've definitely got to talk about Melanie's uh, fantasy of getting revenge on her childhood bully. That was a lot. <laughs> so, like, I guess like this kid bullied her when she was in school. Um for like being in therapy and like posted up like some of her therapy notes or something and like made her life hell so yeah. she's like <laughs> she wants to get revenge on her uh seems to be like you'd have a bigger fantasy than like somebody you knew like 20 years ago but okay but then like so when she shows up for her fantasy she's just like in this control room and then in this other like little glass in room that she can see into her bully is like tied to a chair. Yeah. And then, uh, and that's when the torture begins. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this part was like, like I said, kind of saw, but yeah, more, it was more hostile, especially hostile three. The one yeah. that takes place in Vegas where there's like an audience watching people get tortured. Yes. Uh, <laughs> God. Hostile and, three. 
Is it like the guy that they had come in to do the tortures? Like seriously, looked like straight off of the Hostel Three poster. Yes, absolutely. Like, with the surgical mask and everything. I was like, yeah. did we literally get the same guy. It's <laughs> like the same concept. So yeah, he's gonna like start mutilating her, and um, also like as part of it, like she's like pressing these buttons that do different things. And like water pours down and soaks her. She's like, ha ha, yeah. And then like uh, she presses another button and it like posts to the girl's Facebook this video of her cheating on her husband. Um, so it's like, okay, that's all good. But then this guy comes in and starts like torturing her. Um, yes. And she's, she's not on board with that. Uh, so she manages to like shock the guy using the shot like built-in shocking mechanism the chair has and then escape with her bully um so it's it seems- all kind of confusing just knowing how this movie ends <laughs> why that entire scene played out the way it did yeah like, i have a lot of questions about it yeah um, so uh yeah, you know we can just get into spoilers right here. Melanie, oh god, I don't even know how to explain this whole shit. Oh no, There's we not. Oh, uh, uh, okay. So much to go into trying to explain how we get from where this point is to like the very ending. It is surprisingly convoluted for such a stupid movie. Um. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah, I just I I want to just skip explaining the rest of the fantasies because I mean they none of a, the only one that I found like really <laughs> that interesting was this one just because it is so like out of nowhere and like the whole hostile element really surprised well, me. So the interesting thing about it is that it is the most fundamentally horror. Like yes, everything definitely. about it is horror. The the doctor torture character, as she calls him, which by the way, if you ever go to a therapist and call him Doctor Torture, see a different therapist. <laughs> if you ever feel inclined to call your therapist that, there's a problem. Um, your therapist should be like a friend to you. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um as somebody who's been seeing therapists since middle school, like they should be anyway, that's like insanity. Um it, also if Maybe if she had seen a therapist who she didn't call Dr. Torture, she wouldn't be a fucking insane person. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, Dr. Torture is, like, the most, like, obvious horror thing in this movie. He's, like, a scary surgeon with his mouth and stuff sewn shut, like, and just, like, yeah. runs around killing people with, like, little circular saws. Um <laughs> Um, including the crazy wild man who lives on the island for some reason. Um, you gotta have that guy. <laughs> you gotta have that guy. And so, um, you know, it's like, it's so it's interesting that she gets this like most fundamentally horror component when she is actually like, spoiler alert, the villain of this movie. Um, yeah. I don't really understand why. Uh it doesn't make sense that she gets this because it doesn't make sense that she gets this fantasy because her fantasy is just like the entire movie. Like the, the movie is her fantasy. 
right. just bringing all of these people to the island is her fantasy. She as must we'll have, find like, out. very clearly illuminated that she gets a fake fantasy at the beginning before the real fantasy. I get a fake fantasy to trick everyone, even though nobody else will see that I'm getting a fake fantasy. Okay, drink. Um, we're already we're already at the drinking mark. This is really uh, troubling. All oh, right, we're gonna so, talk for a while about Bloomhouse Fantasy <laughs> Island. Can't wait. So uh, I just wanna I just wanna skip past the rest of the fantasies because there is a no. We can't just skip the past the fantasies. We okay. have to talk about Army Man. We right, have Army to talk Man, about Army, Army Man. Real Man. quick, real quick, we talk about Army Man. He okay? Because <laughs> I've got so a funny, there is funny a anecdote little, about Army Man. There's a cop whose fantasy is to be in the fucking army. And it's fucking insane. And it's played like it's normal. He's like, yeah, I've always wanted to be in the army. It's going to be, what does he say? What's, uh, what like, is, oh, he wants to be a hero. Well, <laughs> that's, that's like at too. the end. We get to the end and it's, he wants to be a hero. Um, but this whole time, the, the goalposts for what his fantasy is changed like a million times. And he's like, oh, I've always wanted to be in the army. What is this, like LARPing? Shut the fuck up. Why are we talking about LARPing? <laughs> Second of all, like, look around you. Does this look like you're LARPing? And then he's like seeing his father. And he's like, I guess my fantasy all along was that I wanted to see you again, dad. And it's like, I want to kill myself. And then like, and then he like blows himself up. And he's like, I guess they're like, I guess his fantasy was that he wanted to be a hero. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Nobody's <laughs> fantasy is to get blown up by a grenade on fantasy Island. That's nobody's <laughs> fantasy. Yes, yes, he, he wanted to die. That was his fantasy. It's um, completely insane. His but, character makes no sense. So his his dad like died on this mission, saving a bunch of other guys by like falling on a grenade, which is what he ends up doing at the end. Um, and like it was obvious that he was going to end up doing that because yes, like was. that was his fantasy, and they mentioned that that was how his dad died, and then they had a grenade like that people were tossing around the whole time. That it was, was like, like the ultimate checkoff gun. Like, okay, when is he going to fall on this grenade? And then it happens at the end. Um, but yeah, like, so he goes from wanting to be in the army to, oh, drink, um, to wanting to like save his dad. Like by being like, he's basically on a replay of his dad's last mission and he like tries to change the course of things, but it's like, dude, like this isn't gonna be for real. You're on a fantasy island. But he really seems to lose track of that. Like later in the in the movie, they run across the like the the whole drug lord mansion timeline and the army man hero mission timeline sort of intersect and they converge runs- because it turns out that the the army is out to stop this drug lord and the drug lord is like the owner of this house that they're having the party at and so he runs into them and it's like everybody is like acting these parts oh drink again and except for both the two guys who are in the drug lord fantasy and then him who's in the army fantasy and they both know that this is just a fantasy but he runs across them he's like what are you guys doing in venezuela it's like you're not in Venezuela. You're not you're on Fantasy Island. He's complete he loses his mind. To be fair, I would probably also lose my mind if I saw my like dead parent, uh, somebody who has a dead parent, like if I saw them somewhere, I'd be I would also probably go crazy. But like what? Like he really does think 
that he's like in Venezuela and he's like running around just like doing this. And he's like, if I save my dad here, we'll all go home. Do you think that's how this works? <laughs> like, I mean, I know he isn't experiencing what the other fantasy woman who gets to relive like her life and have like a, she says yes to her spouse and or her boyfriend and gets a kid and stuff like, and she knows she can't leave the Island. She's told that she does. He doesn't get that luxury. And also she somehow survived. She somehow lives like five years in the course of one night. That's a yeah. cool, fun thing it that happens. Like fast forwarded. Yeah. Um, but like it all is just like very confusing. I don't understand who any of these people are. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think they're all crazy. They're they're definitely nuts. Um, so I think like that that basically covers the fantasies, I think. That's it does, yes. So the big twist in this movie is like basically the twist from Saw Five. <laughs> <laughs> which is another reason I thought there were some really big saw connections in this movie. Uh, it's that all, like all these people were connected before they arrived here. And that like all of them had a part to play in some guy who died in a fire, like several years before. Yes. And so, oh my God, getting into it's... this, uh, the army guy was the cop who was on the scene and didn't go in. He didn't go save. in to save somebody who, so there's a fire in a building. It, the, the girl who says yes to her boyfriend and her fantasy who had previously turned him down, doesn't save somebody because she's like scared of the fire or whatever. She just like leaves. And she tells the cop who doesn't go in to save someone. Cause he's scared of the fire. Meanwhile, stoner gay and his brother, are leaving even though this guy was like their other roommate or whatever like yeah. they're like and so like they just leave for whatever they, reason well they assumed that he was gone because he was supposed to be on a date right. uh, and he was supposed to be on a date with uh melanie the saw torture revenge girl yes. um and but I guess he wasn't. He was still there. And so he died in the fire. And so she, her fantasy was to get revenge on all these random people who were like tangentially involved in this guy that she was supposed to go on a date with. So dying. like, here's my question. One, how did she know who any of them were? How? I Like, how did she know that the cop, di which cop didn't go inside? How did she know which woman ran out of the building and told the cop and, like, didn't stop herself? Like, how could she have possibly known that? What, it's nuts. It's like, like, it's like the, the jigsaw thing all over again. It's like, where did he find all these people? How did yeah, he find out? It makes no sense. Second of all, what about virtually anybody else in that building? who didn't do anything <laughs> about this guy who was like, clearly like you hear him at one point pounding on the door because you have to like relive this like fantasy through the other, the, the woman who didn't save him drink again. And, like, and like you hear him pounding on the door and nobody else comes to his help to his aid either. Why, why not any of them? Second of all, what did her childhood tormentor do to this kid? Like, what did she yeah. have to do with anything? Yeah. No, she didn't. She was literally just there so that she would look like another person who was going through a fantasy just like everybody else. But really, her fantasy was like to to get all of these people 
here, but also they got fantasies, even God, though they you were just her, there as part of her fantasy. Can you imagine the fantasy she must have written? My fantasy is that I will get revenge on these four specific people who will also get their own fantasies so that they have no idea that they are actually getting played and getting revenged upon. Meanwhile, I will also get another fake fantasy because they need to believe that I am completely not in on this. So I get to also torture this person who tor- tormented me growing up. This is, it Thank start, you. <laughs> it starts to get like the second season of Death Note at a certain point where it's like <laughs> everything is like you have to write out this long, elaborate two paragraph thing just to kill one person where it used to just be like so and so dies. It's just like it, it really is the most over the top scheme. Drink again. Uh, that you could have possibly concocted. And also, so Sloan is on the island because of the like the fake fantasy but she doesn't have a fantasy she gets one in the end yeah she gets one in the end i mean she doesn't really that's not like a real fantasy let's be clear like okay more spoilers i guess we've spoiled everything so far sloan's like they throw sloan the thing to drink the water so that she can get a fantasy because if you drink the water you get a fantasy is the the premise here Right, right and so um they toss Sloan the water so she can drink it and get a fantasy. And her fantasy is, I wish Melanie and Nick could be together forever. And somehow that fantasy manifests itself such that dead carcass Nick or whatever comes up and drags Melanie down into the scary fountain of death. Like, <laughs> right? It, like, it makes it no could've... sense because it, that could have manifested itself in any number of ways they could have just lived together on the island forever like that exactly. other person who wanted like someone from their past to come back <laughs> i don't not. know <laughs> doesn't really make sense does it it made no sense um but that was slow and like it's not really a fantasy also that's like not what that is like that doesn't do any i mean i guess it does things for sloan and that it lets her like live but like it doesn't really like it's no fantasy that she'd ever thought of before it's not a real fantasy right yeah <laughs> so uh. i don't know i don't know but yeah so like the whole twist at the end like it's seriously like saw five levels of like everything's coming together and they like they like you expect the music to come in at any moment it's like da-da-da. i honestly thought there would be like a big thing and like oh, and drink It's super convoluted. It's completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But, and so I guess in the end, she gets drowned in the well and everybody else gets to go back except for the army guy who falls on the grenade and dies. And then. Oh, because also, let's be clear about where the grenade comes from. Melanie and Nick go down into the scary well of death because the the fantasies are controlled by a rock that is like the mirror of Erised and Harry Potter. And they throw like they throw a grenade in there too when Melanie and Nick get dragged down into the well and then Melanie throws it back. Um <laughs> don't know why that's allowed, yeah. but <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And yeah, that whole bit at the end. So they go down in the cave trying to destroy the well that has the magical rock that creates Fantasy Island so that they can, like, I guess, get out of its power. 
but but so they go down there and they do that they destroy this like fountain and rock so that they can release themselves from the power of fantasy island however fantasy island still has power because gay brother gay pothead can use his fantasy power or whatever but do but do they actually end up destroying the rock well i don't know a bomb goes off on the rock (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know like it um, seems like at the end that everything's just gonna keep going. Everything uh, is definitely gonna keep going because Gay Pothead makes a fantasy and it comes true. Yeah, he fantasizes that his brother will come back to life who got killed during the whole drug lord thing. But when his brother comes back to life, his brother is somehow allowed to leave the island. Yeah, but he's not. <laughs> so it's like this weird rule that they oh drink. It's this weird rule they made up out of nowhere that like you could bring someone back and they can leave, but that means you have to stay. Which makes no sense. Also, also hate the plot device of the gay character who has spoken multiple times about how when he came out, he was shunned and had to live on his brother's couch and was disowned by his family being like, I'm going to bring my brother back and he can go live his life and be happy and I'm going to be stuck on this island forever. (laughs) What? Like... (laughs) Um, you've already been repressed your whole life. You talked about it multiple times. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, bad choice. And but. he is, he is also the, the, ult, the final twist in the movie is he's revealed to be tattoo. He is tattoo. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Like that is funny. That, that was, that was legitimately funny. Drink. Well, I like the way they foreshadowed it the whole time being like, he has an embarrassing tattoo. Yeah, I thought that was good. He was one of the more engaging characters. He was just fun to watch. He was good. He's uh he's that guy from um uh Silicon Valley and also yes. Crazy Rich Asians, uh Jimmy O. Yang. Yes. And I love very him funny. in Silicon Valley. He's a very, yeah, very funny. He's hilarious. Um I overall I liked this movie. It was fun. It was really kooky. It was. It not, was really, really bad. It was certainly uh, not good. I it was bad. Had but... a lot of fun watching it. So <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah. Um. This is this is by the same director. Um. Of Truth or Dare. Of Truth or Dare. Yeah. Jeff and Wadley. Cry underscore Wolf. Listen, <laughs> he's a legend. Drink. Um. Yeah, this was this was I thought this was better than Truth or Dare. Like Truth or Dare was legitimately cringeworthy at times, although it was still kind of fun. I um, think the difference here is that it was even though it's literally not more original, it felt more original. Like Right. Like there's a like uh, Truth or Dare was like it Truth or Dare felt like it should have been produced in like 2007 and like should have come out in that era of horror when we were just watching like people's faces twist into like weird incarnations of a human face with big grins and wide eyes. Like, like that's, that was not, that's not a thing that we do anymore. And it was weird that that came out in like what, 2018. (laughs) Yeah. It was completely out of place. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And there was a moment in this movie when they're creeping around the weird cave where slow by the like, way the cave was never explained <laughs> yeah they they go into the cave and then they leave it and then later they come back to it it's like well like i don't know the cave feels like less spooky and unexplained now that they've already been down here and seen everything 
But like, why does the cave manifest creepy versions of themselves? I did, That's there's never no, explained. There are no rules as to every anything that happens in the cave. Like no were, laws when you're drinking claws in the cave on <laughs> Fantasy Island. There's there they run into creepy versions of themselves. The creepy versions can like fight them and try to kill them. Um but yeah, but like, why uh, does Sloan get a creepy version of herself? She doesn't even get a fantasy. At she that does, point. yeah, she doesn't even have a fantasy. Why is she involved? Um, and poor fucking Sloan. <laughs> I mean, I know she cheated on her husband, but like, good God, that's all she did. Like, well, she, she doesn't bring that up this. at one point. She was like, "I was mean to you in middle school. Why do I deserve this?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Um, God, yeah. Well, because Melanie's character is, like, absolutely psychotic. Yes, um, this has been the story of psychotic characters in horror movies. And let me tell you, the next one's just going to be more of that. <laughs> it will. <laughs> Gear up. Um, oh, drink again. But, yes, when, when Sloane runs into her double, like, she just, like, sort of comes around a corner and like the double is there, like smiling a creepy smile at her. And I swear, like I was like, did he? Did they do the thing for Truth or Dare? Would they like yeah, digitally stretch the them out? Yeah. It looks yeah. like it. And like it's like, is this a callback to Truth or Dare? It's just the director doesn't know anything else to do. That's... Like, like <laughs> it's like, what else can I do here? I don't know. You know, big smiles are creepy. Let's put throw in one of those. I just can't believe this movie got an Ariana Grande song in the trailer and then made it this <laughs> shitty. Like, I know you had to pay big bucks for the royalties for an Ariana Grande song in your trailer. And then, like, <laughs> you can't recoup that much with a movie. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how this movie's doing. Oh, drink again. Jesus Christ. We're just going. Away. Yeah, yeah. We, we got to we got to wrap this up. Um, Michael Pena is very good in this. He he was like one of the one of the, him and Jimmy O Yang. I felt like were the best actors. Yes. Um, Why is Lucy Hale developing a repertoire with this director? Can we talk about that? <laughs> she was we also need, in Truth or Dare, right? Yeah, we yeah we need to talk about the Lucy Hale problem. It's like, like it's like Quentin and Uma all over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, Lucy Hale cinematic universe when. Um, so yeah. Uh, that's Fantasy Island. It's crazy. Can I? Can I? Before we yeah. move on, say do something. It, do it. Go for um, it. It has nothing to do with Fantasy Fantasy Island, but I would like to say that Dark Water is a 2005 American horror drama film <laughs> directed by Walter <laughs> Salas, starring Jennifer Connelly and Tim Roth. It also features John C. Riley, Pete Postlethwaite. Um. So yeah, and it's based on a novel by Koji Suzuki, who wrote Ringo. So or Ringu, whatever. Um. So yeah. Um, go watch it. It's really bad. Not <laughs> in theaters. I still have the ticket stub. Okay, drink. What? <laughs> All right. Yes, that. Go see. Go see Dark Water. Uh, I guess I haven't seen it. Um. So yeah, that's that's Fantasy Island. Um, it's fun. It's crazy. It's certainly not great, but it's it's not bad. It's, it's like when it comes on streaming, it's a drinking game movie for sure. Oh like, yeah. There's like some fun there's to be got to be a good drinking yeah. game there. Maybe yeah. we'll develop one. We'll yeah. release the rules. We really need to get into that market actually. That's we should be doing that. It's on uh, brand. It should be yeah. part, part of everything that we do. And now we come to our final film of the night, one that we've definitely been anticipating a lot. Probably nobody else has. <laughs> but 
Uh, other than the Brahms Bros, which we'll get Brahms to Bros. in a minute. Uh, we're going to give this one 20 minutes because it's going to be a doozy. Uh, Brahms the Boy 2. Brahms the Boy 2. Yes. It's the sequel to the 2018 film The Boy, Is I it, believe. I thought it was 2016. 2016? It was 2016. Um, so, yeah, this is the sequel to that. And it, like, I don't understand how there's a sequel to The Boy, but there is. <laughs> so The Boy <laughs> did not warrant a sequel. No, it did. The boy, it, did, the boy set itself up to be the end of the line. Yeah. It was like when everything was resolved at the end, you're like, okay, well, now any additional movie would obviously be superfluous because all the questions have been answered. But apparently, no, there's more. We're going to do some world building. Uh, and just really completely rewrite a lot of the rules. Um, so well, it becomes a completely different film. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so I, I think we're going to have to say full spoilers for the entire thing. Both no, because we can't talk boy. about Brahms the boy too, or without talking about Brahms or without talking about the boy. Right. And we can't talk about Brahms a boy too, and what makes Brahms a boy too the ultimate Brahms <laughs> without the absolute boy, the, in, the ending of this movie, which is completely insane. And like, <laughs> I like was like jaw on the floor for like half of this. Like, I was like, I think there's a sentient tree on screen. I don't know what's going on. Like, <laughs> Oh my god. All right. So to briefly go over The Boy, um, which is a kooky enough movie in its own right. And it and, honestly but, oh, is. I tried to reduce it to like w- like three sentences one time and I was like, this movie's fucking insane. <laughs> it just like, gets weirder and weirder. It's not bad though. Like I'd say that it's actually a pretty good horror movie. Uh it's and, a lot of fun. It's not it does... like great because it like it's again d- sort of like like the lodge where it's like uh, holding it up to like what humans would do in any of these given situations. It's like, well, maybe not, but like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it does some unexpected things, which I kind of liked. Um, but, uh, (laughs) so to briefly sum it up, um, this, uh, woman gets called to this house in England. Uh, she's from the U S and she's going over for like an au pair type job. Uh, and when she arrives, it, she realizes the kid that she's supposed to look after is actually like a Victorian porcelain doll. And I mean, like you peace <laughs> out at that point. You go. Yeah. You don't. Right away, stay. You're like, you know what? I've I've reconsidered. I think I I want to go home. But <laughs> no, uh, she's like really determined to do this, and she's on the run from an abusive boyfriend. So it's like maybe she's just like really looking to get out. I don't know, but. So she takes this job. And by the way, the parents, the like parents are like a hundred percent acting like Brahms is a real boy. And just yes. like, oh yes, you have to look after Brahms. Like he needs his uh lunch and he needs his music lessons and stuff like that. And they have this whole set of rules for for how Brahms is to be treated. And then they leave for the like what's supposed to be a vacation. Um and so the the boy oh god this is already getting way too long anyway the the boy the boy the 
the doll seems to have some sort of sentience, like he has powers, because like he'll move around when she's not looking and things go missing and whatever. Uh, all that just like creepy doll shit. And but so at first she gets like admonished for not following the rules, but then she starts following along and it's like, oh, everything's actually going fine until like her abusive boyfriend shows up at the end and starts not following the rules. And then he smashes Brahms and then the craziest twist <laughs> ever happens when a full grown man bursts out of the wall wearing a porcelain doll mask. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> and it turns out that is the real Brahms. And there's Brahms like, has been a man in the walls the whole time. It was like, so like the couple's child was supposed to have died in this fire. And they thought that like the spirit of Brahms lived in the doll. But actually it turned out, no, the kid survived. He was just like horribly scarred and then wanted to live in the walls after that. So he just did that. And then like he would move the doll around and yeah. <laughs> he's like it's he's like, like a crazy person completely insane um and it's it's like really i mean it's like a fun i mean it's a fun twist right like when you're watching it the first time it's fun yeah. it's engaging there's a lot of like questions to be asked like why the parents realize sort of what's going on and that their son who's possessing a doll fell in love with the nanny and then went and just put some stones in their pockets and washed walked into the ocean I, <laughs> um, they're just like they're washing their hands of the whole situation basically they're like well we can't do anything about this so we might as well fucking kill ourselves um and then leave that poor girl to get um, <laughs> by our weird crazy son who lives in the walls um like <laughs> so like there's like a lot of questions to be asked for sure but it's like really fun to watch um and like it's interesting it's so interesting because it, it it has like three different completely move different movies that take place in it there's yeah. like the creepy doll movie at the beginning and then there's like oh i'm going to take care of brahms in the middle when they're like actually getting along and then the end it's like run from the crazy fucker who lives in the walls yeah it, it like really it really does bring out like you've got your like supernatural doll horror you've got your slasher horror and you've got your protagonist might be going crazy horror yeah. drama in the middle like kind of <laughs> like it kind of feels like um, Black Christmas, especially the 2006 remake. Yeah, I think a lot of the like the idea of like the the bad guys coming from inside the house and like is living in the walls has a lot in common with Black Christmas. I think that's totally a fair comparison. Yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's nice, but as we've stated, it's sort of uh, it's sort of ends any questions you might have at the end of the movie it's like oh, oh how does right. Brahms they, work is he really a hundred dollar or whatever they stop the guy in the walls so therefore it all ends right like you would assume right That's... and it at the end you do see like the classic like cliffhanger horror movie thing where like somebody's putting the doll back together 
but it doesn't really feel like, oh, this could go on again because like the audience knows that Brahms is a real person. So if they watch like another movie where there's a creepy doll and it's like, oh, is the doll really alive? We already know. No, it's the guy in the walls manipulating it. So it seems like there's no way that a sequel to this movie could take place. Correct. But you would be correct in thinking that. But However, we, we got Brahms we, the Boy 2 starring Katie Holmes. We had this so. film. And oh, like, I was so surprised when Katie Holmes was in this movie. Yeah, I was like, sure oh, is. is that? Is that her? She like, looks straight up like an aunt from Southern Virginia. She's <laughs> just like... <laughs> Oh boy. Um, Wearing that sweater and her big plastic glasses and like reading a book with a cerulean mug. Like, I'm like, all right, Katie. <laughs> she is wearing that sweater. <laughs> um, She's out here doing it. It's her first movie since The Dark Knight, maybe. And like, <laughs> I hope not, but I can't think of anything. Else. I can't think of any others. Can you? I mean, no. really. Um, so. <laughs> poor katie holmes it's all tom cruise's fault but i'm laughing at katie definitely, not tom um, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so in brahms the boy 2 when the movie starts out we've got like no idea how this is connected to brahms there's um like a family and they go through a home invasion that traumatizes the child. Also, that's uh, not depicted in the trailer. So I gotta say, I was not expecting a home invasion <laughs> horror in the open. I was not. I was not. I was like, this I is a like, completely different kind of movie. I was like, why is there a ninja in the house? What's going on? <laughs> I was expecting a big twist where like Brahm shows up to stop the burglars, and like it was gonna be like in this. A version he's the good guy or something but it, that did not oh materialize could you imagine superhero proms super proms <laughs> it's like like in freddy versus jason when you have to start rooting for jason like <laughs> that's true but you know then you lose um <laughs> yeah uh so yeah so anyway the child is traumatized and like just won't speak after this incident he Which is like the worst horror trope that has ever happened. And also <laughs> is really, really poorly handled in this film. I gotta say, they do a lot of like, he decides to talk at random times. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, And he uh, he just like writes all of his stuff that he has to say on this little pad. notebook he wears around his neck. Um, just really cute. That's cute. Um, so... <laughs> So the family decides like to go out and live in the country to get away from the bustle of the city so that they'll like feel safer, I guess. Because it's and, it's the trauma of living in the city that makes the sun not talk. That yes. makes a lot of sense to anybody listening, I'm sure. Of course. Um, uh, no. <laughs> so they go out to like live in this house, which is made clear is a guest house on a larger property. Um wonder which property it could be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at this point, you're probably wondering what property could it be? Uh, but they quickly resolve that when they go for a walk and you realize that it's like the big mansion slash castle from the boy. And it's which, like... Even though it was on fire, did not actually die. So. Yeah. Apparently, it's like in very bit bad disrepair, but it is still standing. 
but like if you walk in it looks fine because we yeah. multiple times <laughs> it doesn't look like it was ever on fire yeah. and uh then they find brahms like buried in the, in the ground and yeah. somehow like even though we saw him smash in the last movie and put back together he's like completely smooth in this one okay we but, see a lot we see the cracks often let's be clear they make a point of showing the cracks on his face um as like little veiny weird things that happen well they um, do mention that like oh it looks like he's been repaired but he looks nothing like he like at the end of the other movie, like there were like huge cracks and like missing yes, pieces. It was and bad. Stuff. Yes. Yeah. It looked very obviously like he'd been wrecked. This one was, he was a lot smoother, uh, a more, more silky Brahms in this one. Um, he is a silky Brahms. It's that Brahms magic. I'm telling you, Brahms is the absolute boy. He is out <laughs> here doing it. Absolute boy. So of course, like they bring the doll home and the kid starts like talking to it all the time, and like they're they find all these writings that where he they're like they were the best of friends, and you can never let them take you me away from you and stuff like that. No guests. No guests. They they find the the full rules as previously shown in the other movie. They find creepy drawings where he's like shows him like gunning down his family with a machine gun <laughs> it's a very amityville horror and I, I was like all right i, I can do it like <laughs> but they don't really be like all right that's it no more brahms they're just kind of like hey like you can't you shouldn't be doing this okay like, to be fair huh. your child has been weird for a while let's let's be real on that one do you really think it's a doll's fault i mean like if you're an adult human who doesn't believe in the supernatural, do you really think that it's like the doll's doing at any no, given point? But like, clearly the doll is not I encouraging good behavior here. No, the doll is an inciting incident. Let's be clear on that one. Yes. But like, it's not like, I don't know if it's worth it to take it away because also you have to keep in mind that they learn that this child is only talking in the presence of this doll at some point. Yeah. They learned that their, their child who has not spoken since the night of the attempted break in. Well, I mean, it was a successful break in, um, success since home invasion, the child has not been speaking. This child is now speaking to this doll Brahms. Um, however, I gotta say that if my child brought home a doll, and then I said, what's a, the doll's name? And the child said Brahms. I'd be like, well, that's a red flag. I, mean, <laughs> I don't even know where you learned the fucking name Brahms, Brahms before. So, um, yeah, okay. I'm not having that. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. And so, but like the therapist is encouraging the doll because it's like, oh, it, like sometimes dolls can help the kids process their trauma. Um but then there are some incidents <laughs> like uh the incident with the sharpened um croquet stick okay i love this so the punishment for the no guess rule um is really severe so at one point not what's the little boy's name i don't even know his name our our protagonist who has Sean. started to speak sean i believe so okay wait no Sean. he's he's the father 
yeah jude is the child it's like yeah jude seems right actually um hey jude yeah it's jude um so jude has started speaking at this point because jude starts speaking after a particularly horrifying incident with brahms or something it's not really i don't know it doesn't really make sense and we have moments where like at one point jude isn't speaking and then something happens where there's a noise in his bedroom and his mom comes in and he goes what happened and it's like well i thought you weren't speaking why did you speak there i'm very confused um so anyway at this point he's speaking and he's arguing with his cousin i guess because it's like his uncle's child um comes over and they all come over and you know he's upset already because brahms had said no guests and also at this point i'm pretty sure they know that jude is full crazy so maybe they shouldn't have had the family over um yeah uh so they have this family over and they say he sits brahms on like a swing to oversee (laughs) their playing croquet is it it's croquet is it croquet or cricket i don't really know it's croquet okay and so they're playing and so they're doing this and at one point they break off one of the croquet like goals and it's just like a pole sticking up with a sharp shard and they argue over like a fucking notebook is it's the notebook right that they're arguing over with all of his writings and stuff in it yeah and they argue and jude looks over at brahms and brahms is just being brahms which is to say being a porcelain doll who doesn't have an expression (laughs) and jude realizes that that means he must let go of the notebook and thereby let his cousin fly away and fall and impale himself on this croquet pole (laughs) um so that's the punishment for no guests in brahms world is that you will be impaled by a croquet pole uh that seems pretty severe Yes. They all have to load him into a hospital with a croquet or into a van with a croquet pole in his chest and take him to the hospital. Um, It's really upsetting. I'm not going to lie to you. This child gets impaled because of Brahms. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty brutal scene, actually, and like pretty graphic. Um, But yeah, and the the doll like does a lot more in this movie. You know, like in the first one, it was literally just a doll that was sitting there and it looked creepy, but it didn't do anything. In this one, there's like all sorts of times when the doll's head will turn or his eyes will change or something. And you're like, well, I guess the doll might be alive. What's going on here? Well, to be or fair, t- we learn a lot more about the doll this time. <laughs> we do. We do. Apparently, the doll is more than we thought. Um, there's more to the doll than meets the eye. Yeah. What I'm gonna say. Jude runs away with Brahms into the main house at some point and they come oh running out. Somebody needs to make a a video edit of this movie set to Carly Ray Jepsen run away with me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> of course that would fit. Um and I mean like, it's clearly like subtextually this is a queer film. <laughs> Brahms is a gay icon, definitely. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry for saying it. Unlike Pennywise, Brahms <laughs> is a gay icon. Yes, exactly. Brahms um, didn't actually kill anyone yet, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, well, he did kill that dog. Uh, well, that's not a person. Um, 
<laughs> it's still okay. like sociopathic. Okay, um, fair. Like sure. frightening and uh... <laughs> Oh god. Um Jesus Christ, was that the 20 minute mark? <laughs> yeah, it's time to drink. Oh Jesus. <laughs> We've still got a bit to cover here. All right, so the big like culminating seed takes place in the house finally and it's mostly like in the furnace room the parents are trying to destroy brahms wait they show up and uh what's his name jude is wearing the fucking porcelain doll mask from the last movie and he's yes. talking now <laughs> well he's been talking for a while at this point because remember he starts talking about halfway through the movie again well, he'll say like one or two things, but he's yeah, like not like on. full sentences. Yeah, he's like full on talking now. But he's like um, really talking, and like at this point, you'd kind of thought he was like, I don't know. There's like Jude has been sending mixed signals on how he feels about Brahms. Um, it, there's just like a lot of confusion about what Jude wants and what Jude feels, and at this point now, Jude seems to be clearly aligned with Brahms the doll who apparently i don't i you know i don't understand what brahms is um <laughs> but we know that we have in fact unlike i think in the boy in brahms the boy too we did get a google search montage um so that was very exciting because oh, that's yeah. a staple of supernatural horror that the boy search. left out and so in this one, we actually get Katie Holmes putting on her plastic rimmed glasses and Google searching <laughs> for cases involving this doll. And it turns out that in the history of this house, there's been a lot of cases of this doll being inseparable from murderers. And somehow <laughs> nobody has ever put all of that together and thought maybe this doll is not normal yeah so how so how is there all this history on the doll that's just so conveniently like found like hmm, also this is doll... there actually a website to put in like the model number of a porcelain doll <laughs> and find out its history because yeah. like i'm what like if... real interested in that database what and like thing that every doll has its own like marking to identify that unique doll and i actually would believe find that history. there is like a unique identifier for doll like porcelain dolls like There's i would like a manufacturer's mark but for each individual doll well like each manufacturer probably should right. have its own so my guess would be that each manufacturer would have its own naming structure for its like you know, for its, however it determines its symbols, like it would have its own structure for it. And then each one that it produces would have a unique one within that structure. And so it would be really easy to determine. Um, I don't know why they would This is as somebody who's coming from somebody who manages assets. That's like what I do. Like, right, like but I, I'm I, used to giving unique assets to like things that are very, very similar. Um, yes, but but in porcelain dolls made in the Victorian era, I don't know if they really. Yeah, I think about there's there's definitely like a a limit. There's like a time where like they would not be doing that. Um, like Annabelle does not have her own unique identifier. Also, Annabelle oh. could kick Brahms's ass. 
Annabelle is way more powerful. Annabelle like does some shit in Annabelle creation or whatever. That shit was wild. Annabelle Um, returns. Um, Annabelle come. Annabelle comes home. Oh yeah, Annabelle come. Well, Annabelle comes home was just like Scooby Doo Monsters Unleashed, but like. (laughs) Annabelle creation was like another experience altogether. Annabelle, like the second Annabelle movie where it's just Annabelle. It's like genuinely very scary. And Annabelle is like very powerful. And I was very upset. Drink. Anyway. um, Um, Like they, so like they, we get this montage of her looking up this, like all of this history with this doll. And somehow it's like, I mean, it's modern times in this movie. It's contemporary. And yet this has never been relayed. Nobody knows about this. Nobody's talking about it. I'm just saying that like, we can't have like a building in which two murders are committed without nobody ever buying it again right now. (laughs) Like the idea that this doll could be present in the lives of like 15 different serial killers within the past a hundred years or whatever (laughs) is like, no, that would not nice. fly. It was seen where she would be destroyed. <laughs> the scene where she finds it out is like very Oculus in like like the presenting the history of a cursed object. Yes. Uh, except Oculus did it much better because it was like she'd spent months like researching this stuff and pulling it all together. And she was actually somebody who like worked for an auction house and like researched this stuff professionally rather than like yes the- also i would <laughs> also believe that people would ignore a history of a mirror's presence in murder scenes more than a doll like a doll yeah. people are already inclined to like distrust because people are creeped out by dolls a mirror people are just like whatever like oh, somebody <laughs> died and there happened to be a mirror in the room like who yeah knew? nobody would think anything of that so <laughs> Yeah, so the scene here is like sort of beyond the plausibility, but also like just so the crazy scene at the end. I know it becomes it, like a full crazy. <laughs> they they run into Jude with the doll at at the the main house, and the the overseer is there. But it turns out he's not actually the overseer. He's actually the guy who bought the house before and he's gone crazy and like convinced himself he's the overseer. Um, Yeah, he's really insane. (laughs) Really bad. And so he's trying to protect Brahms and the parents are trying to destroy him. And I guess Jude at this point is just sort of mostly helpless. And the doll is like, showing off his actual supernatural powers, which apparently he has in this one. So in this one, yes, it is revealed the doll, in fact, has supernatural powers. Okay, so this is my favorite thing that happens in the Brahms franchise. I know there's only two movies, but like, like the dad runs in and like, like Brahms is like, what, shot? Like, and like he like falls to the ground in the corner, and then we're all sitting there just watching. And then Brahms the doll sits up, <laughs> and it is like the single most fucking hilarious experience I have ever had in a movie theater. I was like, Brahms is alive! Like this changes <laughs> everything from the first movie. Why didn't Brahms pull this shit in movie number one? Like, yeah, 
like, Brahms let himself get smashed to pieces in the first movie when he could have just easily stopped the guy. Brahms was like, all right, last time I tried a power grab, I got destroyed. So this time I'm going to just like play my cards here. <laughs> I'm doing so, this like, shit myself. Brahms sits up and his like porcelain face is falling away. And I swear to God, he looks like an int. Like he is like some like tree face <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> like weird face behind the porcelain face. <laughs> it's like really disturbing he has these like eyes that see into infinity it's like in trick-or-treat where sam where the bag gets pulled off of sam's head and it's revealed he has like this horribly deformed pumpkin head underneath yes <laughs> yes it's exactly like that and it's really disturbing and i fucking hated it i was like <laughs> i don't want to ever look at this thing but he still can't all he can do is like move like i'm very confused he like sat up and like i guess he can like subliminally message jude but like can he actually perform any functions like what's happening here yeah i don't know brahms does kill uh the overseer guy he kills the overseer he appears to have some over some power Wait. over him because he is. He's like because he is thrall. Right, exactly. So like, but like, it appears that he can't like directly attack like Katie Holmes or Katie Holmes's husband. Right. So that's like, I guess that's it. He can only like kill the people who he's got under his power, but he can't like because like they they just like throw Brahms in the fire and then he dies. I guess. <laughs> but, right. And, 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 well, he can't that's really do not, anything. He doesn't, I mean, let's be clear Jude throws Brahms in the fire. Yeah. Um, and it's like a, it's supposed to be like a fist pump moment, probably. Um, of Hell course. Yeah. It's, it's like a, oh, yeah, he's out of his thrall. Um, right. Jesus. <laughs> but I'll like, that's, this one up. <laughs> That's not really the case. Um, and like, I think it's interesting because like there seems to be some transference of power that happens because, and of course we've already declared spoilers, but like at the end of the movie is Jude is tucked in by his mom after the most fucking cringeworthy, happy family sequence I have witnessed <laughs> yes. in oh a God. long time. I mean, it was like, I've seen a lot of shitty, this is a happy family moments in movies. And that like, it was something unreal. <laughs> it, like, I can't believe somebody put that to film and thought, yeah, we should probably release that in theaters. Um, like he, so they have this moment and everybody's like, mom, I'm so glad to see you. Oh. And the dad's like, this is the best food you'll ever eat. And I'm like, I'm going to literally jump out of a window i don't <laughs> and so they uh, the mom katie holmes tucks jude in and she leaves and jude goes to sleep not really he wakes up and he looks in the mirror and then opens his cabinet and he has the fucking porcelain mask <laughs> and he puts it on he's like <laughs> um <laughs> drink again <laughs> yeah so apparently, like the Brahms powers have passed over to him, despite the fact that the doll was destroyed for real this time. 
which like what the fuck there's no explanation of how, how these powers work what does it all mean i can't wait for a brahms 3 the absolute boy where it's like <laughs> where it's like the doll is back and no one knows why Bro, like, wait, i believe it'd be called uh brahms 2 the boy wait brahms 2 the boy 3 the absolute boy <laughs> That would be so <laughs> fucking good. But it just I doesn't try. It makes no sense. So, like, the whole concept of this being a sequel in the first place didn't make a lot of sense. But no. You could, you could almost sort of buy that they're like, okay, the doll was actually haunted the whole time and was controlling everybody. But now it's like the doll's powers passed into a living person. Yes. It doesn't, <laughs> and there's no expo there's also no explanation for why the doll is haunted, what the doll is. There's like no, oh, no like, I have no idea why Brahms has had this power over like a dozen murderers in a hundred years or whatever it is. Like it's like, why are there so many people that Katie Holmes was able to pull up who, like, killed people and also were obsessed with this doll? Why was she able to find so many and nobody did anything? And also, why? Why? Just, what is this what? doll? What is this thing? What's his I can't mission? Wait. What does I, he want? What if The Conjuring 3 is actually the Brahms 3 movie? Like, oh it's just, God. like, the two connected. <laughs> Brahms shows up all of a sudden alongside Annabelle. Oh, my God. Conjuring 3 is actually Brahms versus Annabelle. And it's, like... <laughs> Creating the Brahms cinematic universe. I would... Drink again. I would respect... the conjuring universe so much more for that like and i'm not somebody who super respects the conjuring universe but if they could do that i'd be like fuck yes yeah um. <laughs> let's do it um uh, yeah so it's crazy i don't know i don't know about this movie it was kind it was a fun follow-up to the other one and i did like the boy but <laughs> i don't think this is a very good movie no it's uh, bad it's very bad <laughs> But I really, I'm in like such desperate need for a sequel that I like. <laughs> I what are they gonna do next? Like, I like. They're probably gonna make one. I need to know the rest of the Brom story. Like, I, need I, the, the absolute boy. I, I need the absolute boy, and I need it specifically to know what happens after Jude has gained the powers of Brom. <laughs> yes, like, what can he do? I do also want a prequel where I understand why Brahms is Brahms. Okay, so like, first, first we need Brahms creation, and then Brahms comes home. Brahms creation. <laughs> Brahms comes home. I love this. I love that it's all like Annabelle names. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for it. But what if like. I think it's actually not going to go the way of Annabelle. It's going to be like Seed of Brahms. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what would that entail? Well, that's the that's the sequel story. That's where Jude is the Seed of Brahms. Okay. <laughs> like, that's what that is. And Cult of Brahms is probably the prequel. Mm, okay. Uh, where, it, like, where you get like a a play-by-play -play of like how Brahms has like gained power over the years drink again uh, while also losing power because everybody he controls dies yeah I mean it does draw some questions about like how exactly he exerts power if he keeps killing off all the people he controls I mean but... he doesn't kill them off it's <laughs> that 
you know others do because they go crazy and then the people who are around them are like you need to die <laughs> um I, but, I don't know what his goals are like he's just just a mischievous thing literally he's a mischievous what, little boy what what is brahms like he's like he looks like a tree when he takes off his mask i swear to god it looks like warped bark and like <laughs> there's also like these weird like maggoty eyeballs and like I don't know what his whole thing is. I, like, what's his goal? Like, his go is his goal to become a real boy? Is this like Pinocchio? Is like the sequel actually just Pinocchio? <laughs> like, <laughs> Brahms becomes he has inhabited a real boy. It's like it's like the ending of Hereditary. They just needed to find a host. They just needed to find a host. That's like a lot of demonic possession stories, honestly. And like, why not? And so. I just like I have a lot of questions and I need I really need answers and I'm afraid we're not going to get answers because not enough people are seeing Brahms the boy too. Yeah. And Probably I need not. more people to see it so that we can get Brahms to <laughs> the boy three the ultimate boy. Yes. We need it. All right. Come on. Come on Brahms writers. You can come up with something. Give us something. All right. So I'll call this one wrapped up. But why not? But I we I do need you to tell your Brahms bro story. Just just so we know that there are people out here, you won't believe it, that there are even more into this movie than we are from there having just sure are. My Brahms bro story was that I saw Brahms <laughs> the boy too at the movie theater, and I think it was hmm, it might have been by Penn Station, it might have been by Times Square. So either way, it was like one of the busy ones, um, okay. which is important just because there were actually people there. If I saw this movie at like one of the smaller AMCs, it would just nobody would have gone. Um, but there were like this movie is screening. Yeah, this movie is not performing well. So, <laughs> no. um, like, we, I finished the movie and this guy was in my row essentially, and so. I was just like, oh, okay. And so I had to walk by him to get out of the row because he was sitting there. And he had a friend with him, but his friend was was a woman. And so I go to the bathroom and I'm washing my hands after using the bathroom. And this guy's washing his hands next to me. And he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they ended with another cliffhanger. And I was like, are you talking about Brahms the boy too? <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, and he was like, yeah. And I look down and he's wearing a fucking shirt with Brahms on it. It has a fucking doll on it. And I was like, excuse me? That's fucking insanity. Like, I don't think I can express to you how fucking insane I felt in that moment. Like, I was like, am I living in reality? <laughs> am I in Brahms the boy too? Like, what is I, I legitimately thought I was like, I'm gonna fucking die. Like, this man is a Brahms stan. Like, imagine if like you're like fandom on like Twitter or Tumblr or Instagram is just like fucking Brahms. Like you're just like out here like hardcore supporting Brahms. I like what? What do you mean Brahms? 
And so like, he's like, he was like, yeah, I'd been told that this movie was going to end in a cliffhanger, but I didn't want it to be true. And I was like, what do you mean you didn't want it to be true? It's a fucking PG-13 horror movie. Of course it was going to end in a cliffhanger. Goddamn like, studios always doing the same stuff. They always end in a cliffhanger. And he was like, now we're going to have to see the next one. And I was like, what? And Release so, like, the William Brent Bell cut. <laughs> So he was like, I just don't really know what to think. I like, I don't know what exact entity Brahms is. And I was like, did you just use the word entity? <laughs> like, I don't know what entity Brahms is either, but like, I'm also not thinking about it. I'm going to tell you right now. Like, <laughs> I, like it's not on my mind. <laughs> uh, and I'm just standing here. I'm literally at this point, coronavirus is already a thing. <laughs> So I'm just washing my hands. It's like a full like 30 seconds of washing my hands while I'm listening to this man talk. And then at this point is when I like stop washing my hands and dry my hands. And that's when I'm texting him like this man is talking to me about Brahms. <laughs> and he is like, oh, for real, Brahms Stan. And he literally says, when do you think we're getting the next Brahms movie? And I was like, I, uh, I don't know. And like, <laughs> I, really don't. I can't say. And also, I don't think any of this cast is returning. I, like, I, I did literally say, I was like, well, if there's another one, I think it's probably direct-to-video. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I don't think Katie Holmes is back. No. I'll tell you that. Um, and if she is, I'm, like, so sorry. Um, <laughs> Poor Katie. <laughs> like, she's not great, but she's better than that. Um, <laughs> so, and he's like, I don't know. I just, I really, I want to know, like, how Brahms has been able to pull it off for so long. And I was like, I do too, but are you thinking about this when you're not in the movie? Like, are you, like, like, I, like, how often? Is there, like, is there a problem message board out there? Yeah, that you do, don't know do you regularly talk to strangers about this? That's my question. Like, oh and so basically, he was trying to figure out if Brahms was like attached to the doll or was a doll attaching to humans. And I was like, I think, I think Brahms is attaching to humans because otherwise when the doll was destroyed, it would have been the end. But that's just me. Um, But I don't really know. But this guy like really thinks about it. And (laughs) if he's listening to the pod, I want him to know that I respect him. Absolutely. (laughs) I admire him. We love um, our our overly enthusiastic horror fans. Absolutely, I fucking love it. Like, I that's the exact kind of person I want to befriend and hang out with. So, like, also, like, where did you order a Brahm shirt? <laughs> I really need to know that. Loki would buy a Brahm shirt. Um, <laughs> like, I would. That would be a hype shirt to wear, just like Brahms' face on it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of horror merch out there, but he's not the most iconic horror villain right now. Yet, yet we Brahms we're is get... soon to be the most iconic horror villain. We need time. to get it on the ground right before. now. Annabelle is still like the reigning queen of doll horror. We need to take Annabelle down a notch. Yeah, like, it's join time. The, join the Brahms Bros. We're gonna do some online harassment on the Annabelle fans. God, this is too topical right now. It's going to happen. So, like, this is just, like, too relevant to, like, how, like, politics have played out for, like, the past three months. Um, but, like, I I would, I want a Brahms shirt, is all I'm saying. 
I yes. want a Brahm shirt. Absolutely. We'll find one. I would probably wear an Annabelle shirt too. So yeah, why not? Because I loved Annabelle creation and Annabelle Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters on Leash. <laughs> I don't know what, yeah. what it was called anymore. The um, last two Annabelle movies have been awesome. Yeah, they were a lot of fun. Just fun to watch. So yeah, uh, that was the whole Brahms debacle. Uh, it's been interesting. And uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if we see any more from this franchise. I but really hope we do. I'd watch I, another one. I, I, I would. Even I would not as crazy as this was. Pay to see it, but like with AMC A list, I'm in. Um, yeah. Let's let's. I don't know how this movie's doing theatrically, though. Oh my god! I just saw a photo of Katie Holmes. Um, <laughs> actually, it's more than made its budget back. Yeah. So you know, with the low budget horror movie like this, it's not too hard to get the green light on a sequel. Yeah. It was well. It was a ten million dollar budget, which is like questionable for Brahms the boy too and it made it's mostly 16, going to katie holmes it made 16.6 million so far um i do think though that that's enough for a straight to dvd release sequel yeah probably yeah um so i think that we're probably due we're gonna get another we're gonna get an update on what brahms is doing is oh, all yeah. I'm gonna say. Yeah, we'll find something. Oh, it turns out Katie Holmes was in Ocean's Eight, which I don't remember. Um, oh, okay. She was also in Logan Lucky, which I also don't remember. Sorry, Katie. Um, I, yeah, I saw that movie. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I, to be fair, I don't remember most of that movie, but okay. no, it was not memorable at all. She was also in Jack and Jill, so you know. Oof. Um, well, all right. Uh, I think that about does it for this week. Maybe next week we'll try to get to the Invisible Man. I know I've been dying Let's to see Let's fucking that. talk about the Invisible. Have you not seen it yet? I still haven't. I meant to see it like last night, but I didn't get around to it. fucking Christ, it's so good. Oh, I've heard so many good things. It's it's getting incredible hype, especially from the horror community. It's going to be something I'm very much looking forward to. And we on the pod are big fans of Lee Winnell. Oh, yes. Lee Wanell, always a hero. Great stuff from Saw to Upgrade. Fucking so Upgrade was so good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So until then, um, you can f find us on all the major platforms. We're on uh, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, pretty much everything. Just uh, find us on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you like what we're doing. And uh, comment, subscribe. And uh, you can also find us on social media. Um, we're on Twitter, at BuzzedOnMovies. Uh, just let us know what you'd like to have us review. You can also send us an email at buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. And until next week, we'll see you at the movies. We'll see you at the movies, you jellical fucks. <laughs> see you at the movies, Brahms bros. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>